I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 487 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are headed back to the world of reality television today as I am joined by the first class father of the seven little Johnstons, Trent Johnston. Trent Johnston is only four foot three inches tall, but his presence on the screen is humongous. Trent and his wife, Amber, have five children, three of which are adopted from Russia, South Korea and China. You can watch Trent and his family, the Seven Little Johnstons, on TLC. All seven Johnstons have a form of dwarfism, which is a genetic condition that affects their size. They live down there in the great state of Georgia, where the Seven Little Johnstons is filmed. You will not find a more diverse family who embodies the heart of what it means to be an all-American family anywhere else on television, as you will with the Seven Little Johnstons. They are the largest known family of little people in the world. I'm absolutely honored to have Trent Johnston on the podcast today. Trent will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Trent Johnston was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the head of the Seven Little Johnstons and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys enjoyed today's interview with Trent Johnston, you've got to go back and check out my interviews with Matt Roloff, the First Class Father of Little People Big World. Matt has joined me three times on First Class Fatherhood here with the last one being recorded live at the Roloff Farms. I have received some tremendous feedback from that one, which was the longest interview that I've ever done on the podcast here. We went for about an hour and really took a deep dive into Matt's fatherhood journey. Also from TLC's The Little Couple, Bill Klein has joined me here, as did John Goslin, Adam Busby, and many other reality TV dads. So please go through the archives of the show here and check them all out. Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace, where I will be dropping some bombshell guest announcements very shortly. Uh, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating or review on iTunes. That always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Trent Johnston. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, you have heard my interview with Navy SEAL Jocko Willink right here on First Class Fatherhood. Now I have teamed up with Jocko, and you guys can benefit. Jocko Willink has got an elite lineup of energy drinks, apparel, supplements, protein shakes, and so much more available at OriginMain.com. That's O-R-I-G-I-N-M-A-I-N-E.com. And you guys can save 10% off your order by using the promo code LACE10. Visit OriginMain.com or hit the link in the show notes and check out Jocko's awesome lineup of Go Energy drinks, milk, protein, and so much more. Crafted in America, built to work, made for life. If Jocko Willink is putting his name on it, you better believe it's a quality product. So go. Visit OriginMain.com and use the promo code LACE10 and you're going to save 10% off your order. There's only one Jocko Willink, but there are multiple Jocko Willink products on OriginMain.com. Visit OriginMain.com or hit the link in today's show notes. Use the promo code LACE10. Save 10% off and go get some. Joining me now, First Class Father, Trent Johnston. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. How are you, Alec? Doing well. Let's start it off like this here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Amber and I have five children. We have uh, Jonah, 21, Anna, just turned 21, Elizabeth, 19, Alex and Emma are both 15. Jonah and Elizabeth are our two biological children, and 
Anna, Alex, and Emma are our adopted children from Russia, China, and South Korea. Wow, yeah, in- incredible, Trent. I got four kids myself. We got three boys and a girl. Um, and we didn't get the girl on the fourth try. I'd be catching up to you, but we, we, we got her. So uh, if, if you could here, Trent, please just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. So um, I am a director of landscape management for the university system here in Georgia. Um, I'm stationed at one college right now. And I've uh, been in the landscape industry, I think, about 28 years. Um, professionally, about 17 years, but side, you know, a lot of side work growing up. Um, and I'm a father, full-time father. The, the family keeps me busy. And we have a little side job, uh, a reality show, The Seven Little Johnstons, that we have been filming for almost seven years now. We are currently shooting season nine. Yeah, obviously the show has been a big success here, Trent. And uh, you know, al- along this journey that you've had, landscaping, reality TV, along this journey, how old were you when you first, about how old were you when you became a father and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? So Amber and I met when I was 19 and she was 16. I had to really convince her mom and dad that I was a really good guy and, uh, you know, I meant no harm. But um, I was attracted to Amber and uh, we married at 16, uh, excuse me, we met at 19 and 16 years old. We married when we were uh, 22 and 19. Um, Amber, uh, during during our courtship and our dating, Amber had uh, quite a few surgeries. She underwent a major brain surgery by Dr. Ben Carson, who ran for uh, president a while back up at Johns Hopkins Hospital. And then uh, almost a year later to the date, she underwent a major back surgery. And, you know, that was a that was a tough time and a struggle for us but we made it through and we knew that if we could get through these two things and we were meant to be together um we married we had a very large wedding a lot of family and friends joined us and shortly after uh we got married in november amber got pregnant with jonah in april so uh she said she was taking birth control i thought they were tic tacs but uh, the good lord blessed us with a wonderful kid and we were excited um and then we had elizabeth two years later and after we had Elizabeth and Jonah, you know, we felt like our family wasn't complete. But at the same time, while Amber was carrying both Jonah and Elizabeth, you know, it played a toll on her body. Um, When she delivered Elizabeth, the morning she delivered Elizabeth, she was 51 inches around, and she's only 48 inches tall. You know, we we knew that uh, we would uh, expand our family, and we would do it through adoption. Um, A lot of foreign countries overseas, uh, the... uh, the acceptance of little people is not like it is here in the U.S. I mean, we still have a long ways to go here in the U.S., not just for little people, but for other individuals. Um, but, you know, we we, we found Anna, and uh, I came home one day from work, and Amber had all this paperwork laid out in this picture, and she says, Trent, I found our daughter. And I said, I didn't know she was missing. And she says, no, I found another daughter for us. And... Uh, I honestly, I signed all the paperwork for Anna before I ever saw a picture for her. And that began our adoption journey and what led on to three more kids adding to our family. Yeah, incredible, Trent. I've had several dads on here who have adopted. I think it's it's one of the greatest forms of love is is the adoption process. Now, for you guys, you have um, you adopted from three different countries. So what was the genesis of that? Was there any reason behind uh, not staying with the same country and adopting from there? What was the genesis of deciding to adopt from three different countries? There was never, uh, you know, a pegboard that we selected from. Um, and each time we were... Ex- 
expanding our family, we were never significantly looking for adoption. We were never planning to adopt at that particular time. So Amber worked with our organization. Um, Matt Roloff at the time was really involved in our organization. Amber was a district director. And she was helping some other uh, members of the organization place children uh, for adoption. When we, uh, orphanages and, and adoption agencies in the U.S. would contact our organization and, you know, ask us if we knew of a prospective family that would be interested in this child. And Amber would look over the bios and we knew some friends and families that were interested. And every now and then Amber would come, you know, she would just say, mm, I, I, we can't pass this one up. This one, she belongs to us. And that happened three times. So Anna was four years old when we found out about her. And she was four years old when she came home. Russia uh, typically required you to make two trips for the adoption. Um, we were fortunate that uh, they approved us and we only had to make one trip uh, for adopt, to adopt Anna. Um, we were over there for 16 days. It was an adventure. We landed cold turkey. We didn't have all the, uh, we didn't pay all the extra money for the, the chauffeurs and the administrators to take us and do everything. Um, we were on a budget. We were on a tight budget and we, we landed in uh, Moscow. We were in Moscow for about five days. Then we flew over to Western Siberia. We were over there for about 11 days and then flew back to Moscow to finish up and come on home. So that was an adventure. We found Alex when he was, uh, Amber found out about Alex through a video. Again, another uh, adoption agency that pushed Alex's information in a video of him out. And uh, Amber saw the video and just fell in love with him. At that video, Alex was about two weeks old. Wow. And four weeks, we were like, yeah, I think he, he needs to come home. So uh, at six weeks, old, we had signed papers. And when Alex was six months, three days old, we met up at the Atlanta Hartfield Airport. And we met up with a, a gentleman who uh, has a nonprofit organization. He's a retired pilot. And he was an adopted child. And he flies to foreign countries, and he's the transport agent. He brings the child into the U.S. and, you know, basically hands them off to the the adopted family so uh, we did that and then we adopted Emma when she was five years old we found out about her when she was four Emma's adoption took a little bit longer um, she uh, came home when she was five we flew to China and had a great time great visit with Emma Emma bonded with us very quickly um, I'll never forget the very first time she walked up when she came into the room you know I knelt down and we had that little magical moment we actually have the picture of uh, Amber was talking and doing a little bit of business chat about the adoption. She always handled all the business side of the adoption. You know, I was the come home sign here, you know, write the checks, pass the money and, and pray to the good Lord that everything gets mailed off and sent to where it needs to go. Um, but you know, I was interested in Emma. I wasn't interested in the paperwork. So, uh, Emma came home and she didn't miss a beat when she came home. So, uh, she, she put up, she put the other four in for a ringer. She was live wire and, uh, but she's also, she settled in good and she's done very well. Yeah, incredible stuff, Trenton. And, and I know I, I had uh, Bill Klein on the show here on the podcast a while back. I know he adopted as well. And and the Little People Big World has been very popular, your show, his show. So what was the genesis of the Seven Little Johnstons? What was the genesis of you guys uh, getting approached to do the show? How did this whole show come about? What was the, the genesis of it? So we've done a few, uh, pro, not promos, uh, we've done a few interviews with um, Barbara Walters. We did a 60 Minutes special with her. Um, I think that 
that really pushed us out into the limelight. Um, we've done two of uh, interviews with Anderson Cooper on his talk show when he had a talk show. And then we've done a, an interview with Juju Chang. So, you know, when you do these interviews, um, it sparks interest with networks and uh, production companies. And, you know, it's amazing how you think your phone number is private. But um, before you get back home from these interviews, uh, your phone's ringing and there's there's uh, opportunities that are waiting and, and things. So um, we had several production companies reach out to us and a few networks reach out to us. And we, we really never were just interested. You know, we were not at that point in our life where we wanted to share our our share our life and you know the ins and out and as many people think have the cameras move in with us and live with us you know which we come to realize that's not the case that that's not how it works that's not how reality production films so or at least not in our home it doesn't um you know and then we we were blessed to uh land an opportunity with tlc and our production company and uh you know we came to some agreements and in the beginning, when we sat down with uh, the network, we told them that uh, we do feel like we have a story to share. Um, but in the beginning, we uh, Amber and I have been married, and we're happily married, and we have five good kids, and they're 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 happy kids. And when this shows, and we're both working, you know, we were both we we're both working. So, and we said when this when this reality show is over, and this fun ride, and this opportunity is over. We're still going to be happily married. We're still going to have five good kids, and we're still going to be working our regular jobs. We're just going to take this moment to share our story. Yeah, listen, I think it's incredible. Obviously, a very inspiring story that you guys have to tell, and it's awesome that you're doing that. But has it ever been any kind of conflict with any of the kids where, hey, today I'm not in the mood to record? Like, How do you kind of handle that when one of the kids is like maybe having an off day, something at school, something with friends? They're like, I'm not in the mood to film. How do you kind of work around? Do you have to work around the kids, uh, you know, I guess, feeling towards the recording? So that's not just the kids. That's going to be Amber and I, too. You know, we, <laughs> we, we have and – and I think that's for anybody, and that's one thing our show – our show is based around a family of little people, but more than just us being little people, we're relatable. Um, Amber and I share uh, our parenting style and our family values. You know, we still gather around the table every night. We hold hands. Now, whether our kids are at our table or somewhere else, um, we're holding hands and we're, we're saying the blessing. Um, we, we do keep our values. Uh, you know, there are times we're, we're very fortunate that we've had the same production company for a long time and the same crew, and they work with our schedules. Our kids have gotten older. Um, Elizabeth's in nursing school. She works at a doctor's office. Anna is uh, in school to be a teacher, and she's a preschool teacher. And Jonah, you know, he's taking a break for college right now, but he's still working full-time as well. And they also have their online businesses that they run. So the kids are very busy with college, work, school, and film and TV. So... Um, you know, naturally, there are going to be times when uh, we're tired and we really don't want to feel like coming home and getting in front of a camera. But one thing that I have always pushed and Amber has always pushed and um, I was raised up this way was hard work is very important. And hard work is only based on what you agree to. If you agree to trying out for the cheerleading team and if you make cheerleading then you agree to be on that team and go to practice and do your part now if you don't want to do it next year that's fine but you're going to do it this year so each year when, when the time comes around and we are given another opportunity to make another to film another season of tv 
we sit down with the kids and we let them know that, you know, we have another time, another opportunity to make some more TV and that everybody needs to be on board. If you want to do this, we need to be on board. And if you agree to it, then you agree, you agree to it. Now, schedules don't always work out and pan out. So, you know, we have to move things around and make adjustments. Um, Jonah sometimes comes home and he'd rather uh, go play golf than go film TV. Doesn't matter how much it's going to pay. You know, the kids all get paid to be on the show. Um, Amber and I, uh, you know, we are paid cast members on the show. And in, 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 in turn, we pay the kids as well. So we cannot expect them to work for free. Um, none of us work for free. My dad always taught me that no matter what you do in life, no matter how much you enjoy it, we all go to work to make money. Otherwise, we wouldn't go. So, um, you know, it, it working the schedule is we consider it a second job. It, at the end of the day, it is a second job, and it takes a lot of time. But at the same time, we've made a lot of good friends with our crew. Um, you know, our sound man, we've uh, got to know him very well. We've watched his kids grow up. Um, some of the other, you know, people in our show, we or in our crew, we 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 know them very well, and we trust in them. You know, we we have our boundaries, but at the same time, we we trust in them, and we trust in our executive producer that he's gonna he's gonna show a you know produce a show and edit a show that's gonna show us in real life. Um, and we've always shared with the kids, if if you say it or show it or produce it in front of the camera, there's a possibility they're going to show it. So if you don't want to see it, say it or produce it out in front of the camera, then and you don't want it to be seen, then don't share it. And that's the thing, that goes the same with our social media. When we, we tell the kids, you know, we tell the kids all the time, uh, when you post something to social media, if you can't share it to mom and dad or share it with the preachers, then you better not post it because once it's out there, it's gone. You cannot delete it. Yeah, well said, Trent. Yeah, I think we're all facing that. We're kind of living in this world where it's almost all of us are on reality TV in a sense, with social media the way it is. Once you put it out there, it stays forever with screenshots and everything else. Even if you delete it, it still exists somewhere in the ether here. So, um, and, and then bringing it back into you as a father here, Trent, um, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Um, I, I tend to think that I'm following my mother and father's, uh, footsteps on the way I was raised. It's a mixture of my mom and dad and my in-laws. Um, I've been blessed to have two wonderful in-laws. Uh, they're good people. Amber's, Amber had a good upbringing. So, you know, we can't just follow Trent's parenting skills. It's, it's a mixture of mine and Amber's. Um, I will openly admit that I, I tend to be, I'm tough. I'm tough on the kids. I'm tough on the kids because um, I know this world is tough. Little people, unfortunately, we have not had our civil rights movement yet. There are many uh, groups out there that have had their civil rights movements, but we are still looked at at times, not all the time. It has gotten better. And these, and these shows, the, the Little People, Big World, Little Couple, um, you know, there are some other little shows out there that don't do us a lot of justice, but these shows have helped out a, a lot, quite a bit. But um, we are still looked at differently, and I, I push hard work and I push tough parenting because I want the kids to understand that, you know, you have to prove yourself. We as little people, we have something to prove. Um, when we, when we, you know, apply for a job or I'm, I'm on the phone with someone, we all sound the same size on the phone and our resumes are all the same size. But when we walk through an office door, all that goes out the window. 
You know, they're now seeing a four foot tall man walking in their office, getting ready to sit down and have an interview. So my parenting comes is, is pretty tough. It is. Um, I believe in chances and I believe in talking something out. But we always have raised the kids to use your resources. You know, when they can't figure something out or they can't turn on a light, you know, I tell them, go back in there and figure it out. Whether you have to get a coat hanger, you have to get a chair, you have to get a stool, figure it out. And this is important to us because we're not always going to be there to help them out. If the kids are spending the night with the friends, you know, they're, they're much older now. But when the kids were younger and they were spending the night with a friend or something, you know, they needed to learn how to do things, not depend on others to do things for them. Um, so we've definitely not have not been sheltered parents or or helicopter parents to our kids. Um, if anything, we may have been a little a little tougher. So um, I am tough at times, and um, on the show there there are times when I do face the criticism. But um, I like to think that I know what I'm doing, and we and I do it for a purpose and for a reason. Um, when I'm no longer here to be that parent or that dad to call on. And to share my advice, I hope I've done my job and I've shared enough information. You know, we can open a book and read and learn all we want, but life skills and um, good morals and values and hard work, you don't get that out of a book. You get that through good parents. Yeah, yeah, very well said, Trent. And then following up here on this, my youngest is my only girl. As I mentioned, she's six years old now. My oldest is 15. He's just about to get into all this, the stages of peer pressure and, and being introduced to, to, to that world and especially dating when it comes to that. I'm starting to cringe a little bit here. You've been here. Uh, you got that going on right now. So what kind of advice or how did you kind of handle it when your kids got old enough to hit that dating scene? So dating in our home, uh, you have to be 16 years old. Um, Dating is not necessarily driving in our home is a privilege just because you're 16 years old. The law allows you to drive doesn't mean in the Johnson home that you're ready to drive. Jonah, he was probably ready to drive when he was 14 years old. He's just had that high, high that eye hand coordination. He's just very, been very talented at operating equipment, and doing things. Uh, Anna and Elizabeth took a little little longer. Um, Alex and him, I think they're going to be they will be all right. We're already practicing with them, actually. So uh, dating in our home, you have to be 16 years old, whether you're a young man or a young lady. Uh, 16 is the age and I feel like that's just you know that's the beginning of the next level of maturity you know you've, you've gone through puberty and everything else and and uh, you know you you're expected uh, more responsibility so um, and as parents we do our part to make sure that our kids are prepared to date and that they know the rights and the wrongs you know uh, dating in our family is not sit down with the young man and just scold him and threaten him and make sure he treats the, the young girl, young lady right with respect. Now they do need to, but you know, we sit down with our daughters and make sure that they're respectful as well. So um, Emma uh, is getting ready to turn 16 and she frequently reminds us that she'll be able to date very soon. So, <laughs> you know, in, in, in high school, uh, dating is sometimes tough for little people. Um, uh, they have their friends, but they don't always have that boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, they may have a crush, but a lot of times in high school, unfortunately, uh, a lot of the little people, girls can relate that. Uh, not a lot of tall basketball players, football players, you know, really want to date a four foot tall girl. You know, it, it, they may get laughed at or good with that. And vice versa, the young man may not, you know, you might not have that pretty cheerleader that's interested in a little short guy. So, uh me growing up in high school, you know, I was, uh, <laughs> I had a good time in high school. If I wouldn't have met Amber, I always said, if I would not have met Amber, I probably would have never made it out of high school. So, 
uh, I was I was on the verge of making high school a career. So, uh, but yeah, we 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 do have our rules in, in dating. So, and you know, we have five children. We raise all of our kids in the same household, but all of our kids are different. You know, you have to take different tactics on on rules and punishments and things. You know, so uh, Alex, you take some away, some of his electronics away. Oh man, you you punched him in the heart. Anna, back in the day, you take that makeup and some of those styler outfits and clothing away, you know, well, man, you've, you've gotten into her pretty good. So Elizabeth, you just fuss at her and, you know, you, you break her heart. So uh, it, it is all different types of parenting that they've required. They've been raised the same way, but, you know, they're five different kids. Yeah, it's it's amazing how different I see that with my kids, uh, you know, the four of them, they all come from the same place, but they're, they're all four completely different individuals. So it's kind of exciting to see and find which which of their interests are and rally behind that and get introduced to things that I never thought I'd be doing just because it's what they like. So uh, that, that part of it is pretty fun. And so your uh, daughter is the youngest. She's the youngest. Yeah, we have a uh, uh, 15, 13, 10 and six. Our, our six year olds are only girls. So, yeah, she's the baby. She's going to be well protected and she's going to be prepared for any young man that when dating age comes. Well, that, that's the plan. I, I, I hope so. And I, I really do want, you know, I, I want parents to be impressed when my boys show up to take their girls out on a date. I mean, that's really my goal here is to have the parents feel like, hey, I'm comfortable with my girl going out on a date with this guy. I don't think we're there quite yet, but we're, we're, we're working on it. So our kids um, are our kids, no matter who we are, whether it's me and Amber or you and your family, um, our kids are a reflection on us. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a credit line to us on, on where they come from and how they're they are uh they're raised and when they're away from us you know we're always hoping that they're being respectful now sometimes yeah. so you may see our kids showing their true colors you know they're not always disrespectful but there are times when kids are disrespectful and we have to bring them back in line and remind them that i don't speak to you this way and you're not going to speak to us you know in the same tone yeah, and speaking of the show here, Trent, I know you just had the season premiere of the, uh, of the new season uh, of the Seven Little Johnsons. What is what what's, what can we expect here? What's going to be the uh, the big highlight of this season that you can give us away here? And how, do you have any kind of limit on how many more years you guys plan on doing the show? So I can't give any spoilers, but uh, we do have a good season. Um, again, our this season that uh, is currently on the air is very organic and it's very real. Um, there are times when there's some uh, disagreements and some uh, young adults that are, are having a hard time understanding and um, taking our advice. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not allowed to give any spoilers or, uh, you know, uh, give any hints away, but um, the kids you are can, growing You can really up. help me out here if you do, but. <laughs> the kids are growing up and some of them are moving out. And, uh, you know, at no point have we ever told any of the kids, you have to move out right now. Now, Jonah, uh, he decided to take a break from college and started working full time. And I did give him the ultimatum that, uh, you know, if you're not going to be a full time student in our home, you need to have a full time job. And when you have a full time job and you get established, you need to start finding a place to live. That's, that was the rules when I was growing up, and, and it worked for us, and it's going to work with Jonah. Now, you have to give Jonah a time stamp. Otherwise, you know, he may coast a little bit. So, uh, you know, we did date it and give him a time stamp, but uh, 
some of the other kids, you know, they, they took that advice as well. And they're hard workers and they're, they're busy working and still full-time students. And, you know, we, we tell the three, we call them the big kids and the little kids. So Alex and Emma, the little kids, and Jonah, Anna, and Elizabeth are the big kids. And we tell the, the big kids now that, you know, when you guys come to us and y'all need help, you got to raise your hand. We're not going to constantly give you advice or tell you what to do or tell you, no, you're doing it wrong. You know, we all learn no matter our age. We all learn from failure. We learn better from making mistakes and, and the second time around. So, but we tell them all the time, if you need help, doesn't matter if you're moving out, trying to balance your checkbook, what it is, raise your hand. We'll help you. But if you, if you don't raise your hand and ask us for help, then we don't know. Yeah, re- really great stuff, Trent. And um, it, it, obviously, Father's Day here is right around the corner. I wanted to ask you, well, what does the perfect Father's Day look like for you? Perfect Father's Day for me. Um, you know, it's, Amber and I are not fancy people. I think uh, we have been married 23 years now. Well, I know we've been married 23 years now, and I think we've celebrated our anniversary maybe twice or three times. So we're not big gift buyers. Um, you know, the kids are now the age to where they can help celebrate Mother's Day, and um, which is, you know, is really nice. And they help celebrate Father's Day as well. So uh, Father's Day to me is just a happy and healthy home. Um, I, I I grew up old school. My father grew up in South Georgia as a sharecropper, moved to Atlanta when he was 19 to be a, go to business college. And, uh, you know, he, he he's, ra- he's raised up with uh, very little needs. And I think, um, I'm not saying I was raised up with very little needs, but, you know, uh, family time around the table is, is important to Amber and I. And to sit around that table and to hear what's going on with the kids and where they're at. It's important to us. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that, that is for us as well. The six of us always eat dinner together every night. Uh, we pray before dinner together, and it's it's my my favorite part of the day. So I'm right with you on that. And you cannot put a price on those days. Those no. Good. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, the last thing I want to hit you with here, Trent, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um, a new dad and soon-to-be dad? Uh be patient, be patient, be understanding, and don't don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, there's a lot of sad stories and, and unfortunate stories that we hear sometimes in broken homes and broken families or uh, relationships that have not yet bonded before a baby. Um, it takes two to raise a child in many, many circumstances, not all of them, but uh, you need to be patient, be, be patient with mom. Um, and be a helper, you know. That baby doesn't just belong to mom. That's that's your child too, and you need to do your part. And we only get one chance to be a father to these kids, and we need to, you know. I'm I'm not a perfect father, and I've made mistakes. Um, sometimes I've uh, I've hurt feelings with the kids, but I do know how to realize it and come back around. Um, if you ask my kids separately, they would all be able to say that. My dad has come back to me and, and said, you know, I didn't like our talk yesterday. I didn't like the, the the fuss that we had to have, but it was important for you to understand where I'm coming from and why it's important for you to make these decisions. Sometimes I get a little carried away and I get, I get, I get, you know, I, I get, as I say, I get warmed up. Um, but patience is something that I have to work on as well. I've always had to work on my patience. Um, I, I often make the joke that uh, my patience are as short as me. So, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of it at times, 
but as I get older, I, you know, I am getting a little more laid back. But um, as a father, young father, new father, be a helper and be patient and learn to love. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Trent Johnston, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Alex, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Trent Johnston for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you go back through the archives there. Check out my interviews with Matt Roloff of Little People Big World, also on TLC, as well as my interviews with Bill Klein from The Little Couple, Adam Busby from Outdaughtered, John Goslin from John and Kate Plus 8, and so many other reality TV dads that have joined me right here on First Class Fatherhood. Be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace. I got some really big names I'm dropping here as we get closer to Father's Day. Uh, you guys are really going to be in for a treat. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.